welcome to The Grey Witch. My name is Alana Grey Tiger, and thanks so much for deciding to listen today. If you listened to my last podcast episode, I really appreciate it. I know it was a heavy topic. It's not exactly how I wanted to just throw myself into this podcasting with like some deep, sensitive topics, but I felt like the timing was right. So if you did listen to it, thank you so much, and thank you everyone that reached out to me and said that they liked listening to it because it gave them a new perspective. Today I wanted to talk about self-sabotage, and self-sabotage is something that I've dealt with my entire life. I still do deal with it. There's been periods of my life where I had extreme self-sabotage. I was the reasoning why I was, let's say, ruining my own life or just making my life more difficult for myself. There was sometimes external sources, but... There is reasoning why someone would self-sabotage themselves, and I felt like this would be an appropriate topic to talk about because I did skip last week. I skipped making an episode last week. Not because I was, I wouldn't say I was self-sabotaging, but perhaps I was because sometimes we can self-sabotage unconsciously and consciously. Um, I did spend the last week really investing my time in something else that I have been avoiding probably because of self-sabotage. So that's why I felt like the topic was appropriate today. So what is self-sabotage? Self-sabotage is when you ruin your own success for yourself. And there's a lot of reasons why we do this because it's not like we just want to make our lives the worst for ourselves. Um, we want the best for ourselves. I think everyone truly does want the best for themselves, but this this habit and pattern of self-sabotage comes up and it really holds a lot of us back. It's held me back. So some examples of this, I'll actually just give you the example of what I was self-sabotaging with. Um, I joined a course to get my 200-hour yoga certification and I was investing a lot of time into it, and then I got into this pattern of self-sabotage. I was, it was difficult. I was finding excuses on why it was difficult for me to do, to complete. I am busy. This is true. But the thing with self-sabotage is sometimes it's not just like you just give up on something. It's like you'll find other reasons to fill that space and then say, oh, well, I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because of this. But we put those things in place unconsciously. So for me, it was that I decided to quit a job so I could have more time and just to get another job to fill my time again, which means I was working two jobs um, and then also trying to complete this yoga course while also being a mother. And it was like, I didn't need to have this second job. I just felt like it was necessary to fill the time because I'm a workaholic and I have, you know, that's something that I also have to work with. Maybe that would be another good episode. Um, to do one day. Another example could be like maybe you have a job that you really have wanted for a while. You finally got yourself to that position where you want you got it and then you um, start showing up late to work because you start because inside you feel as if you don't deserve that job. You feel as if you know it's too good for you um, because you've never had anything that good and it's like you finally got yourself to that point and then you just continue to find little reasons. Oh I woke up late. Oh you know, I was busy with this and things like that will start to come up and we do these things unconsciously and it's based on fear. The fear is that we just feel as if we don't deserve it. And maybe we feel like we don't deserve it because we are stuck in a habit of having negative thought patterns or having negative self-talk. 
Another example of self-sabotage could be in relationships. This is definitely something I've dealt with because I have not had the best intimate relationships in my life. The relationships that, you know, should be the most crucial, your parents as a child, mine was not very stable at all. It was um, very not intimate, you know. So once I am in an intimate situation, there's a fear that comes up of, oh my god, this is, like, feels too good, like, this can't be real. So um, I would find ways to you know, create an argument or create tension or withdraw myself because of that fear. And it's something that I've become self-aware of. And now I can see when this pattern starts to come up and I can um, shift my whole directory of it so that I don't have trajectory. I I meant trajectory, my directory, (laughs) my trajectory of it so that there, it can avoid those arguments and say, okay, brain, you know, I know that you're scared because you're having a close, intimate <clears throat> relationship with someone, but this is safe and this is okay. This is great. This is what you wanted. And this is what you've been working so hard for. Another pattern for me and um, a pattern for a lot of people with self-sabotage is this self-sabotage with addiction um, or self-sabotage in ways of coping mechanisms. So for me, this for a few periods of my life was with alcohol. I would withdraw my feelings, withdraw from my emotions with alcohol. Um, I didn't want to think about what was going on, you know, and that was how I handled it. And I've also had this with food too, where, you know, I'm craving comfort, um, but having health and fitness goals, you know, eating half a box of Oreos, I know isn't going to make me feel good, but it's like a comfort that I'm having. So, and I just think, oh, you know, there's no way I could have the body I want. So it's, it is an unconscious thing, but once you become self-aware, you can begin to see how you can consciously avoid these patterns of self-sabotage. Because I would say, even though I've definitely become very good at not self-sabotaging, I've been able to set goals and achieve them and have self-sabotage come up and say, no, we're not going to do this. I tell my brain, no, it's good. You know, this is the next step. This is what we wanted. Not only is self-sabotage through the fear of losing our current coping mechanisms, but it can also be through a fear of leaving our comfort zone because our coping mechanisms are in our comfort zone. So if we are comfortable in this routine that we have, and you could be unhappy in it, but that doesn't mean that you're not comfortable in it. Because a lot of people are very unhappy in life, but they're extremely comfortable staying that way. Um, And this comes down to a lot of our brain science. Our brain is really just wanting us to stay safe. It wants us to fit in and be accepted by the people around us because For a long time, if we didn't fit into our group of our community around us, then there would actually be a fear of death. Because if we don't have the community around us to keep us safe, because for a long time people were trading, they were, um, you know, working together as a community. And so if you didn't fit into that community, then how would you, you know, find another community to fit into? It, It just created a lot of fear. So a lot of people would just kind of stay small and avoid you know, going out of their comfort zone in order to achieve any other sort of goal. The goal there was to just fit in so that we can stay safe. The part of the brain that you're really working with here when you're dealing with self-sabotage and trying to get out of this pattern 
is your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system. Your sympathetic nervous system is this fight or flight response in your body. And it is a really great response for us to have because what it does is it's a part of our brain in, in our, within our spinal cord. So it controls all of our organs. And if we were in a stressful situation, it would tell our body to stop worrying about digesting our food so that we could, um, you know, go run somewhere. If we had to do something really quickly, you know, if we had to fight off some sort of predator, if we were having some sort of confrontation with some they're human you know it would just allow us to focus extremely on one task it could even just be something as like let's say you were really needed to concentrate on making sure that you stayed balanced in some sort of cliff edge so that you didn't fall off the side like it comes up and this is when our heart rate increases and many other things but it's a really great system to have because it is the system that allows us to stay safe and our sympathetic nervous system gets used to patterns and it sees what patterns allows us to stay safe so if we are in an abusive household and this is what we've always known and this is what our brain knows as the comfort zone when we go into a healthy relationship the brain will respond in a way that goes, oh no, this is not my comfort zone. This isn't what we're used to. This isn't what has kept us alive for, you know, 20 years or however <laughs> however old you are, you know. This isn't how we've been living this whole time. So I don't know about this new thing. And this is why habits are really hard to start and to have stick. Because our brain and our sympathetic nervous system will show up and go, um, I don't know about this. Even if it is a good feeling, then our brain will still tell us that it's not sure about it because it's not what we've been always used to. So in order to rewire these patterns in our brain of what we believe is our comfort zone, it takes some time and it definitely takes a lot of conscious effort and self-awareness to change these sort of patterns that, of our mind. One of the biggest reasons I think that people self-sabotage is just the belief that they don't deserve what they want and this is from a lack of confidence you know insecurities and so we really need to work on building our confidence and you can really gain a lot more confidence with affirmations i'm sure a lot of us have heard of this but it is really great and if you have to like these are things that i've done in order to help myself get over self-sabotage which was very deeply ingrained in me in probably all aspects of what there is for self-sabotaging so you just write out every day if you have to write out um you know i like to type i know some people like to handwrite things it feels more personal but whatever way you need to or you can just speak it out loud you don't even you could just be in the car you don't need to write anything you could just say it out loud just start to write out some affirmations i deserve the life i want i can achieve my goals i am capable and then we could take it a step further and just let go of the perfectionism and because when we say these things, sometimes there is another fear that comes up of, well, maybe I'm not actually capable. Our brain always tries to find reasons to <laughs> hold us back. It seems like we know our mind can be our biggest enemy sometimes. So just let go of the perfectionism and make sure you keep your vision in mind. We're, none of us are perfect. We're all just working towards a goal that we want. And some people have just been working at some goals for longer. Like, for instance, I've been weightlifting for seven years. So when I first started weightlifting, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I went to the gym and I would just walk on the treadmill and watch other people. And, I, you know, I, I had a vision in mind of what I wanted to achieve. 
And I let go of the idea of perfectionism and I just let myself be uncomfortable sometimes. You know, when I first walked up to a Smith machine to try to do squats with weight for the first time, I was terrified. It took me months to get up to that. And it was definitely a scary step. I made sure I went into time when there wasn't a lot of people at the gym. Um, and I just pushed myself to do it. And it does come down to that. You just have to keep the vision in mind. You're not going to get to the goal you want unless you take those little steps. And if we can focus on those small steps and not overload ourselves and just think, oh, well, if I don't have it next week, if I'm not by next week doing it all like the way that I want to be doing it, then I'm just going to give up because it's obviously not meant for me. We need to take small steps and expand the time span that we think that we're going to get to our goals. The best way to see these small steps and then start achieving them, achieving them is to create a plan. So it doesn't have to be what you actually think is going to happen. Once again, let's let go of that perfectionism. If I write out that I'm going to sell five books in five years, like that just seems like such a crazy wide goal. And it's, I don't, it's not actually one that I want to achieve. I'm just putting this out there as an example. So five books in five years. And then my brain is like finding all the reasons why I might not be able to do that. So we need to write out a plan and see how it would work. Okay, five books in five years, so let's say one book a year. Okay, now let's break it down even smaller. How long do I want these books to be? How many pages should I write a week? What should I work on every day? What books should I read to maybe help me get there? And start thinking of all the reasons why you can have what you want. Because our brain, like I said, will naturally find the reasons why you cannot so you need to push it to find the reasons why you can. This is a habit change and habits take a while. So to just naturally start thinking more positively about things, it may take a while, especially if you've been living for a long time with a lot of negative self-talk. So don't overload yourself and don't expect yourself to just change. Don't expect yourself to just never have self-sabotage ever come up again. This is where it becomes a lot about self-awareness because if you're self-aware of the fact that self-sabotage is going to come up again then you know how that you how you can handle it so if self-sabotage is going to come up again let's write out what are you going to do when it comes up again are you going to just beat yourself up and say this is i'm just done i'm just going to give up i'm i obviously can't do it are you going to say okay my brain fell back in my pattern i ate half a box of oreos again how can i take how can I what can I do from this point forward you could say tomorrow I'm going to start new tomorrow or you could say okay I have a box of Oreos so now I'm going to drink a bunch of water and try to just rest it off and not beat myself up about it and cry about it because this when you beat yourself up about something and you get really stressed about it you are once again triggering the sympathetic nervous system your stressed out state so to get out of this would be a great way to just trigger your parasympathetic nervous system. This is your system that keeps you relaxed and calm, allows you to um, breathe a little bit. And the best way to get into that state is to breathe a little bit. So if you take um, some nice long inhales, hold for a few seconds, and then breathe out for a longer exhale, this is a great way to trigger your parasympathetic set parasympathetic nervous system into a more relaxed state so if you really are stressed out about something and you do mess up 
don't keep stressing yourself out about it. Just take the next step forward because you're going to, sometimes you're going to slip up. That's okay. We're not perfect. The best way of understanding when this is going to come up again too is to know that habits take a while. They don't just take 30 days. Like there's a lot of things of, oh, get, do this in 30 days. Um, you know, <laughs> and a lot more fitness instructors and life coaches, they will have more of a 90 day extension, which 90 days is a good amount of time to start a new habit. Because there's actually periods of your brain, it's like a cycle, that, okay, you start a new habit, you start going to the gym. You're going to the gym for three weeks, you've been going four days a week, this is the goal you set, this is the small steps that you've been taking every day to get to this point. You're really proud of yourself. And then you're about 30 days in and you've been doing it, and so you're like, your brain's like, okay, yeah, this was cool, like, you've been doing it, but you know, I'm kind of just wanting to go back to my comfort zone. So you end up taking a week off. You might even not realize, you know, once I said, I said before, it's not conscious all the time. It could be unconscious. Oh, you know, I had an event to go to and then I had a lot of work and I had some other things come up and we'll find these things that come up. And sometimes, yeah, it really is like, you know, sometimes, yeah, you do got to take a week off the gym. Sometimes that's just how, how it is. And sometimes that break is good for our body also. Um, but when you start, when the next week comes and then you don't go again and you don't go again and that become, well, then we fall back into our comfort zone. So when you can be aware that about in 30 days, you might fall into self-sabotage, just know that it's going to come up because it will, <laughs> it does, and it'll continue to. Um, but the more that you're aware of it, the more that you can push it away. Cause there was periods of time when I had that in the gym and now having a bunch of things come up, I can still make sure I get to the gym because it's become a habit for me to have it in my routine. And if I don't have it in my routine, then that is now outside of my comfort zone. Now I'm uncomfortable if I don't go to the gym. I'm actually very uncomfortable if I don't go to the gym or, you know, get some sort of movement in because it's been part of my routine now. I'm like, this is these coping mechanisms that I've put in place and replaced negative coping mechanisms. I've replaced them with these positive ones. And so now this is my comfort zone. But I had to create this comfort zone. So I think, you know, imagine the life that you want and set those little goals. And then envision what your new comfort zone could look like for you. And then while you're taking these small steps, always make sure to think about your successes. What is going well for you? It takes some time, but you can rewire your brain to see more of going what's going right in your life rather than what's going wrong. Because we can also have a tendency to do that. We can say, well, I'm not getting to the gym because of I'm so busy with X, Y, and Z, and oh, everything's just getting in the way. We need to start thinking about what is going well for us. And also, I think the biggest driving factor and motivating factor for me to push through this self-sabotage is considering what might happen if you don't follow through with your goals and if you do continue to self-sabotage. Let's say I did continue to handle my emotions with alcoholism. You know, where would I be now? I'd probably still be working in a bar. I'd still be miserable. That was my comfort zone at one point, you know, drinking, working in a bar and drinking while I was working. And, you know, I was like, yay, free alcohol. Now I get to deal with my life in this way. I felt like it was a good situation for me. It was a good comfort zone for me. Then I realized this isn't, you know, what I actually want. It's not going to get me to the goals that I want. Um, And you have to notice those things that you need to kind of let go of and put yourself in a new position where you can start to achieve these goals. Okay, so yeah, like 
if you weren't going to achieve your goals, what would happen? If you don't follow through with yourself and you continue to self-sabotage, what is that going to bring for you? Maybe you want to lose some weight and you know that you have this extra weight because you like to have Friday night pizza and you end up eating way too much pizza because you're just exhausted from the work week and you're like, oh, I'm going to binge on this because this is how I'm going to reward myself for all the hard work I'm doing. It's funny reward, you know, like to create a lot of digestive problems for ourselves. Um, and, um, but that's our comfort, you know, I get it. I still, I still have comfort with food. Um, and, but let's say you do want to lose a little bit of weight and then that whole, um, Friday pizza ends up to a whole weekend of binge eating. And you also have a habit of eating late night snacks and you want to quit this habit. And so you need to reframe how you can, um, start to put new habits in place for that. You really need to get disciplined with yourself. And discipline is a good thing. It's being a disciple to yourself. Don't see it as a hard thing. Like, oh, I got to whip myself into <laughs> discipline myself. Like, no, you got to um, be a disciple to yourself. You are there for yourself. You got to do this for yourself. You're, you're the only person that can do this for you. And if you, have, um, if you don't follow through with not binge eating the entire weekend and eating late, late, late night snacks... And you'll continue to have the weight that you have or you'll continue to put on more weight and in the future what will this create for you maybe this will create high blood pressure um maybe it'll create weak knees you know there's so many things that having excess weight could create in the future um and it's like you don't want that for yourself and you're the only one that can change that and it's okay that you have patterns of self-sabotage but you can get over it because we, that's how that's how anyone that has ever been able to achieve their goals what that's what they've had to do they've had to recognize their pattern patterns of self-sabotage and push them aside and tell your brain it's okay this is okay be nice to your brain don't beat yourself up when you fall in those patterns tell yourself it's okay we're safe this is what's good for us and you might need to remind your brain of that a lot but you can do it so thanks so much for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, I really appreciate all of you. Have a great day.